Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we celebrate Losers Week in Cleveland. We run through the big storylines of the NFL's first weekend, and we say goodbye to an underrated TV legend. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever, smiling Chuck Rambaldo's here. Hey, Chuck. Hey, man. Phil Danko is here as well. Oh, man. As your co-host, I think I got to bring the energy up, man. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I got to bring the energy up. This is dry. I sure hope you can. <laughs> well, we got to start somewhere, so I guess we'll start with Chuck. Chuck, Bridget Z is a pianist that recently won the Elite International Music Competition. Now, that may not seem like a big deal, but Bridget is only four years old. Perhaps you're still not impressed. So how about this? Bridget has only been playing piano for a year. She started taking lessons over Zoom because her parents wanted her to have something to do during the pandemic. She is the youngest winner ever of the Elite International Music Competition. And as the winner of that competition, she now gets to perform at Carnegie Hall. So Chuck, any comparatively impressive skills you picked up during the pandemic? She's in classes at three over Zoom. No, she's four. Ago? Don't be crazy. She's four. But she started at three. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're ago. right. So she was yeah. three. Yep. And f- that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what did I do over the pandemic? I ran more. I wouldn't say it was a good skill. I didn't get much better at it, but I, I ran a lot more. And I watched Friday Night Lights for like the fourth time. You're right there knocking on Bridget's door. <laughs> she gets to play yeah, Carnegie if they, Hall. If they do a uh, script reading it. Yeah. If they do a script reading at Carnegie Hall for Friday Night Lights, I'm yeah. pretty sure I could ace it. Are you going to be Riggins or are you going to be Coach Taylor? Dealer's choice. <laughs> I probably play both parts if you need me to. Ooh, a one-man show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a market for that. (laughs) Chuck reading all of the parts of a script to an episode of Friday Night Lights. Let's see a four-year-old do that. (laughs) Right. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. Kid can't even read. That's right. (laughs) All right. We will start the show as always at home. And I'm not even sure if it matters where we start. So let's just do a really quick tribe week cap to open the show. It has not been a good week for the Cleveland Indians. They lost three of four to the last place twins. They got creamed today. They got no hit for the third time in the season yesterday. And over the weekend, they were swept by the Brewers. I never thought we would get here, but we need to have a real conversation to determine whether or not Chuck was right about taking the over (laughs) on the Indians being no hit this season. We set the over at three and a half no hitters against the tribe this year that was in episode 26 in episode 32 we had an in-depth discussion about whether or not the july 6th second game of a double header seven inning no hitter by the rays against the indians would count or not so phil we're at a point where we need a ruling because Mm -hmm. if the seven inning game counts then chuck wins because the indians have now been no hit four times this year and he's right on the over if the seven inning game does not count Chuck needs to hope the tribe gets no hit again this season, which is still a possibility. So Phil, can can we get a ruling? Did Chuck win this bet? Did he correctly guess the over on three and a half no hitters? I'm going to give him the win because I think something good has to come out of the fact that the Cleveland Indians have in fact finished four games this season 
not having attained one hit. So without a doubt, and there's a good chance that it's a moot point in the next few weeks as they get no hit again, <laughs> but I'm giving it to Chuck. Yep. Chuck, you. how do you feel about four and a half? <laughs> I mean, they got one hit this week too, right? Mm -hmm, Didn't mm -hmm. they get one hit against the twins? Against the twins, they got one hit, yeah. Oh gosh. I'm still taking the I, I I'll just I'm playing with house. <laughs> keep rolling. I'll still take the over, yeah. They might get no hit twice next week. <laughs> it can't happen what? again. There are, I don't even know how many games are left this season. There's just no way that it can happen. More than two. Again. <laughs> how many no hitters does Nolan Ryan have? Does he have like seven? Six or seven? I think so. Six seven. or seven, yeah. I think I think he he's probably seven. what 62, 63, maybe older now, somewhere in there. Mm. I should would bring like him back as like a promotion. Try to get yeah, seven or eight. <laughs> Can you no hit the try? Like it is eight. <laughs> yes. But he still throws low eighties. He probably could do it. Oh, there's no way he throws low eighties anymore. Give me a break. Chucky, start us off. Kids got a stick from last week. Wow, I'm woefully unprepared. I did look and see they got one hit. I think Rosario had the hit. So I'm gonna say uh, kids got a stick. I'm going with Rosario this week. Phil. <laughs> well, no, it's all, it's all right. One hit this week could constitute he's got a yeah. stick. I mean, the way this week went in a week where they couldn't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. Actually, I think I'm going to give it to Straw in such an awful week. He amassed, I think, seven hits throughout the week and he stole a couple bases. He walked four or five times. So he looked like a legitimate leadoff hitter. So if we're looking for a silver lining from the offensive side in a week where they couldn't string together any offense, it was a uh, mile straw. Yeah, I had straw too. He hit 318 this week and uh, Mercado hit something like 230. And then everybody else on the team hit 200 or below for the week. So as the only guy who hit over 300, uh, Miles Straw has got a stick. All right, kids got a hose. Again, uh, in a week where they really underperformed, uh, I thought McKenzie had a good start. He gave up one earned run. I think he only had one start in, in the course of the week. Again, he went six or seven innings, had you know six or seven strikeouts, and left the game having given up one run, and I believe we lost three to nothing. Yeah. But but again, a good a good showing from the young kid. Uh, there was a streak where he and Savali and Quantrill all put together some pretty good starts. And that's a good sign for the future. Chucky, how about you? Kids got a hose. Quantrill, because didn't he get the only win this? He week? did. Yeah. yeah. Easy enough for me. Thanks for not taking him, Phil. <laughs> I'm going with class A again. He just never gives up any runs. And so that kid's definitely got a hose next week. They start with three more against the dominant last place twins. Then they play three in New York City against the Yankees. Over under wins next week. Two and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm going under. I'm going under as well. I'm not sure they're getting three wins next week. That'd be them going 500 after a week where they went zero, well, almost zero. Moving on from the mess that is the Cleveland <laughs> Indians. Super excited to have Cleveland Browns football back for real. I guess the Browns versus the Chiefs today is the most fun you can have watching a game that your team loses. They lose a tight one to the Chiefs, 33 to 29. It was a fun game that I think saw the Browns just fall a few big plays short of Patrick Mahomes. On offense, for a lot of that game, they looked unstoppable. They had more than 450 yards of total offense. What happened to the offense in the fourth quarter? Well, you know what? Actually, the offense looked okay in the fourth quarter, uh, albeit for a, a turnover. Uh, well, that was in the third quarter. So, well, no, there was a turnover in the yeah. fourth quarter at the very end, wasn't there? <laughs> and then there a was. punt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so take that back. There were two, I guess, kind of turnovers of possession in the fourth quarter. They were still moving the ball all right. I think our first three and out occurred either early fourth quarter it must have. It was early fourth quarter. Yeah. Our first three out occurred. They looked okay. It just relative to the rest of the game, the fourth quarter, they couldn't move the ball. In the third quarter, they didn't even have the ball. So uh, it was a weird second half. Chucky, what do you think? What do you think about the offense 
in the fourth quarter of that game, or maybe Phil's right. Maybe we should be looking at this as broader than the fourth quarter is the whole second half. Kansas City made some really nice adjustments at halftime, and, and probably the best adjustment they had was not letting their defense on the field for the third quarter, basically. The Chiefs dominated that quarter, kind of like the Browns did the first quarter, right? Um, yep. So in, in momentum swings, it doesn't matter if you're playing Little League Baseball or high school or college football. Like that, momentum's a very big deal. When it swung, fucking hell did it swing towards the Chiefs. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it changed everything very quickly. And I know we're kind of downtrodden. And I, I still think it was an unbelievably fun game to watch. It didn't turn out the way we wanted it, but I'm sure we'll talk about why. But man, was I impressed, at least in that first half. Timing was a, a big factor, too. Mahomes had that ridiculous one-play touchdown possession. Yeah, totally changed and, the game. And, and the Browns yeah. followed that up by our first three and out. So then Mahomes got the yeah. ball right back again. And they just ran the offense. Like Chuck said, the momentum, especially with those two teams, geez, like the momentum swings back and forth and no lead is safe. So what stuck out to you as as a really positive thing on offense? I don't know if it's a byproduct of OBJ not playing today. I don't know. I don't think we wasted a draft pick on Schwartz or the third round kid, but you just didn't see a whole lot of him in the preseason. To see specific package plays for that dude and to see him turn on the Jets on that one ball and he made a nice catch if he probably should have scored on it, but still, I was dumbfounded. Like I know we talked about how vanilla their offenses are in preseason, but to see that dude kind of be turned loose, like holy fuck, this is the exact reason why we drafted him to beat the Chiefs. And he looked like he was single-handedly doing, well, I'm giving him too much credit. He was doing a real nice job <laughs> yeah. of getting there in the first yeah. half, at least, yeah. you know. To me, that was the most exciting part. Is like, where how's this guy gonna fit in this offense? And then oh yeah, he's a huge role player in this offense, at least week was. Phil, what about you? I like what I saw to Schwartz for sure. Um, I kept watching this game in particular thinking, can the Browns figure out how to use Schwartz like the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill? Like that's just get this kid the ball. And it sure it looked like it. They were giving him the ball in the backfield. They were throwing the ball to him downfield. He's he's super fast. So that was that was good. Other than that, on offense, I was super impressed until the very last play with Baker's accuracy was ridiculous today. Yeah, it, for it sure. Oh, yeah, for just sure on the money and and i'm not talking like little dink and dunk passes either he had like four ridiculous passes over 30 yards that were right on the money so his accuracy which is what we always thought we were getting in a baker mayfield at quarterback looked legit today and if that's a sign of things that come this season that's a huge win even though we lost i really loved the creativity and the balance and it comes i think with having so many different weapons I think Baker's going to end up being the only guy on the team with good offensive stats at the end of the year because everybody else has to share. Chubb and Hunt are going to share, and they can both be used as runners or receivers. Hooper and, and Joku have to share. With And Bryant gets some, some run in there, too, at tight end. Landry and Peoples-Jones, who I think we thought was going to be a big part of the offense coming out of camp. And then the Schwartz kid that we've all been waiting to see what he was going to be. There's just so many different ways to get people the ball. And I don't love Stefanski and his trick plays. Like he had the play where Landry was going to throw a pass. Like, why do we need to do that right now? We're, we're kicking the crap out of him running the ball. Why, why? So I don't love that. I do love the balance. And it's a team that's going to be so hard to stop because you can't put somebody on everybody. You know what I mean? Like there's just too many different ways they yeah. can go. Do you guys think we're about to see Njoku's breakout season? He finally looked today to me like the guy they've been talking about him being for the last two or three years. What we saw is here's a guy, he's, he's catching the ball, so that helps, right? He had his fair share of, of drops and things like that yep. in, in his past few seasons, but he caught the ball well today. He is a mi mismatch 
for any defender. The dude is huge and fast. So yeah, I mean, it, it all lines up uh, after one game. Anyway, it looks like this could be his breakout season. If he's on the same page with Baker Mayfield and they're running a ton of plays through the tight end position, regardless of which of those three guys we tried out there. And I'm sure we're going to line up with two of those three guys multiple times. Yeah. Uh, Najoku is going to draw linebacker coverage, which he's faster than, or safety DB coverage, which he's so much bigger than. So now yeah. you've got that tight end mismatch. That is, you know, you look across the NFL and all the best teams have it. You hope it's his breakout year, but what you just said two minutes ago is that they're spreading the ball and he's sharing it with Hooper and uh, the third tight end. But I, I think it speaks a little bit more to Baker's accuracy too. That that one ball he threw to him uh, before halftime to Najoku was so on the money. It was such a great throw, but I hope it's his breakout year. It'd be nice. The ball's going to go to a bunch of different people. So if he ends up with like, what's breakout year though, like 600 yards and five touchdowns, man, I think something like bigger Kelsey than that numbers, you know? Well, yeah, not yeah. Kelsey numbers, but I mean, if that dude pulls down 40, 50 catches in the year and 800 yards, you're going to say, man, this dude is, yeah. this dude's kicking ass. Yeah. I, I, and that's what I'm wondering is that, that we, we see something like that. I don't think we see Gronk or Kelsey type of numbers or anything like that, but I, I did I love the, pl- the Gronk commercial again. Oh, did you guys oh, see that commercial? I did, oh. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun, B, but so bad. Oh, man. <laughs> I was watching games today, and I just kept on seeing commercials and thinking, like, how did this one not make the cut? How did we not bring up when we talked about shitty commercials like (laughs) this one, you know, this is so bad. (laughs) I did love the Njoku play on the sideline where like the receiver was just like hanging on his back as he went out of bounds because it reminded me of like me trying to tackle my big brother when we were kids and just like hanging onto his back because he was like way too big for me to do anything with. You just don't normally see that in an NFL game. Moving to the other side of the ball, scale of one to five. One being Anchorman, five being Anchorman two. Was the Browns defense (laughs) as good as expected or a disappointment? I don't know if it's fair to judge against probably most explosive offense in the NFL. At least they were unbelievable against the run, and it's not like they abandoned it. I think that dude had 14 or 15 carries and only like 40-some yards. Uh, As advertised, I'm not sure, Uh, just because I expected more out of that D-line, considering the Chiefs' offensive line is completely remade, and you think it would take a little bit of time for those guys to gel together, and I would expect it a little more pressure, but it, it seemed like... Again, it's totally unfair because you're you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. Like Garrett's speed on the outside, all Mahomes had to do to negate it was take one step up pocket, and he was he was free and had three or four more seconds to throw the ball deeper. But as advertised, I, I think it looked a lot better. I think the speed was a lot better. Uh, and I, I'm Tyreek Hill had like what 150, 60 yards. It, it's tough to judge. Against 190. This oh, I'm sorry. 190 <laughs> yards. 197. Think, oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I think. Maybe two or three weeks from now, you can ask that question. I've seen it against the Chiefs. It's rough, but there were certain things about the defense, I guess, that impressed me. So I would say uh, like two, maybe two and a half, somewhere in the middle, just because it's against the Chiefs. We're judging this newly made defense against the best offense in the AFC, perhaps the best offense they're going to see all year. What I did like about it was they looked so much faster, especially, especially in the secondary. They were closing in and knocking balls down. In the first half, I thought the only thing that slowed our defense down was our own penalties. We jumped off sides a ton. Miles Garrett, I think, did it twice at least. Yep. And of course, Harrison getting ejected at uh, first possession. That not not great uh, for our depth in the in the defensive backfield. Yeah, I, I'd give it like a two and a half, two something like that. I think it. 
They look faster. I liked the Malik brothers up the middle. I thought they looked really good, both. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of a question mark coming into this year, too. Like, what's our interior defensive line going to be like? Because everyone was talking about Clowney and Garrett. I guess I would lean it a little bit more towards being disappointed and, and maybe like a three and a half towards the five on the scale. I was disappointed that there wasn't more of an effective pass rush. You know, you know what Mahomes is going to do. You got to keep the pocket around him and then you got to collapse it on him until like the fourth quarter. I don't think they really did that much at all. And that was disappointing to see because of what they put together on that defensive line. I thought we'd be able to see more of that. I did like the speed in the secondary. This is about to be the dumbest thing I've ever said on this show, which is saying something. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be the judge of that. (laughs) Uh, It looks like a totally different unit than last year, which it is. It is. (laughs) It's all new players in the secondary. (laughs) So the secondary was better for sure, um, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of that pass rush. Still can't compete with the big dogs. Oh. A statement made by a football expert that we know and love. Tell me, do you agree or disagree with that statement? I, I disagree with it. We're judging on, on one game and really, let's be honest, judging on the second half of one game, because not only were they competing with big dogs in the first half, they were owning big dogs in the first half or the biggest dog possible. I mean, they're my Super Bowl champion pick last week were the Chiefs. I, I think you just saw two huge mistakes that, led to them losing that game and a team like the chiefs really one big mistake you're losing the game i I think it's a little premature to say they can't play with big dogs but i I get it it's a it's a disappointing loss but it's also week one so step off off that ledge my friend you know like (laughs) on back we're gonna be all right we got 17 or 16 more weeks to go bill what do you think agree or disagree I absolutely disagree with it. I I feel like not only can we compete with the big dogs, I think we're going to beat some of the big dogs this year. It's just week one and we played the biggest of the big dogs in the AFC competing with them. We did it. We did it the whole game. Uh, We had the, we had a chance to win the game with almost three minutes left in the fourth quarter and we threw a pick, you know, and it ended the game. Now that's not to say we would have marched down the field and scored the game winning touchdown or game tying drop kick four pointer, but you know, it, it, I think we, (laughs) nobody, nobody was even talking about that one. Oh, no. You are a football genius. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, to, to say we can't compete with the big dogs, I disagree with that. I think we can compete with it. The big question going forward is can we get over that hurdle and start winning against the big dogs? Yeah, Chance is being way too, way too negative on this one. We absolutely did compete. That was a great game. A few plays go the other way, and the, you know, you get an unusual fumble from Chubb. You get the fucking punter not like getting ready to kick. I don't know what that guy was doing on the sidelines before that first punt. He was told we were never going to punt. I feel, <laughs> I feel like he was lied to. Didn't even have his shoe on. <laughs> yeah, right? Lucky he had a um, helmet. So they can certainly compete with anybody, and they, they went on the road in a crazy place to play. I think that crowd took a little something out of them near the end of the game, but I'm actually looking forward to the next time the Browns play the chiefs in a big game. Cause it'll be in the playoffs. And I think this team will be different. I think our defense will be different. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch when it happens. So I'm feeling better already. Thank you guys for, Good. for talking, yeah. talking me out of wait, my wait, doldrums. Wait, 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 wait. Are you double down? Are you doubling down on the fact that losing to the chiefs was the best thing that happened? to the Browns? <laughs> Is that what you're doing <laughs> right now? Is that what you're doing? Is that how we ended it, last it, season? We're going to start always this true. It's always true. <laughs> we'll those. find out. I'm on board, man. I'm on board. <laughs> So next week they play the Texans and that should hopefully be uh, a somewhat easier test than 
today's game was, although the Texans are off to a red hot start, having smashed uh, the Jaguars up a little bit today. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up a sad at home segment, take our first break, and we'll hopefully head to a happier place on the road. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Tammy, I'm getting really sick of something. Ugh, what's that? The kids? No, well, maybe a little. But really, I'm getting sick and tired of all this hair right on the top of my head. It's everywhere up there, and it's really bugging me. Jason, I think I know what you need. You do? What? You need Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover. What? A hair remover? How does that work? It's easy. Rub Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover on the top of your head and watch your hair disappear. Holy cow. A product like that must be really expensive. Huh, you would think, but you would be wrong. For less than the cost of two haircuts, you can be really bald every day. Should I try it? Hells yeah, baby. Other than your face, your body, and your height, Just for Denko Miracle Hair Remover will have you looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in no time. Just for Denko Miracle Hair Remover for men. Sick of hair? Grab some Denko. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, start talking about the NFL, and let's go through the biggest surprises of today's games. Was the biggest surprise A, the Saints rolling the Packers, B, the Steelers' comeback win over the Buffalo Bills, C, the Cardinals burying the Titans, or D, 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick breaking his hip? (laughs) I didn't realize they that didn't happened. Really, he okay. has a hip injury. They're waiting for like the oh, MRI. Result. You're assuming That's, it's a fracture because he's 75 years age. old. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens. Uh, <laughs> so Chuck, what was the biggest surprise um, of the day? All big surprises kind of, but to me, uh, it's gotta be the Packers getting rolled up because we spent a lot of time, not only on this podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers, but so did the national media. And maybe Aaron Rodgers need to spend a little less time hosting Jeopardy and infighting with front office people and maybe building some camaraderie with his teammates because they just looked horrible. And it wasn't like Drew Brees and his new hair were out there for the Saints as the quarterback, <laughs> James Winston. And granted, he had a great game, but like, man, um, yeah, to me, that was the most surprising just because you thought maybe they'll just turn it on. And because I know people are thinking very highly of the Packers, even on this podcast, but uh, they look like dog shit all day today. I think in very typical fashion, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the first week of the season, they've got to come out and, like, and lay an egg. Phil, did you watch any of that that Saints-Packers game? I, I didn't see any of the game. I, I saw the score, and and I have some Packers on my fantasy team, so I saw that they were uh, underperforming for me <laughs> most of the <laughs> afternoon. But that was about it. I didn't watch any of it. It was a neutral site game, right? Is that the game they moved down to Jacksonville? Yeah, it was in Jacksonville. Like yeah, okay. I didn't get a chance to watch any of that one either. But I think if there was another big surprise of the day, it's Jameis Winston throwing five touchdown passes. Like, that's just ridiculous. It must have been a weird game, though, because I think he only had like 200 yards passing and five touchdowns. So I don't know if there were some special team shenanigans or something like that that was going on. But obviously, you didn't expect to get to the halftime show of the first games today and see that the Packers were down by like 20. That was unusual. Uh, Phil, what do you think was the biggest surprise? 
Well, I, I was leaning towards that, especially as they moved it to a neutral site. I thought, all right, here's the Packers chance to, to get the season started off right. They're not going to be in the dome against the Saints. And, you know, the Saints are kind of retooling after a Hall of Fame quarterback retires uh, and they just got destroyed. So uh, that seemed like the obvious surprise. Everything you mentioned was surprising. I guess I'm going to lean towards the Steelers comeback win against the Bills. I, I think it was in, well, I know it was in Buffalo. I think that was a game that given what we thought we were going to see out of those two teams this year. That was the Bills statement game to start the season, right? Like we're hosting the Steelers. We're at home. Watch this. Our giant quarterback is better than their giant quarterback. And we're going to roll this team. And that did not happen. And clearly Ben Roethlisberger's weight loss has reversed his, what he's lost like 10 years on his, he's ready to go. He's 10 years younger now. <laughs> I actually watched a lot of the Steelers Bills games. Cause it was like the local game that was on here. Roethlisberger looked terrible. Yeah. He yeah. did not have a good game. And I it still think he, he looks fat still. I mean, he doesn't look <laughs> he like a exactly the same. You know? He looks exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah. Um, their offense only scored one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, they got a, a touchdown, I think, on a blocked punt. But, mm. I mean, what was impressive was how good the Steelers' defense is going to be again yeah. this year. Because again. they completely again. shut down. Uh, they completely shut down the Bills' offense. You get to see any of that one, Chucky? That had to be local for you in Erie? It was, yeah, indeed. It, it, it was a local, so I did watch it, and the first thing I thought watching it was like, oh, their their defense is just as good as it always is. It, they looked great. You know, like that game at home for the Bills, the crowd, uh, it was insane. But I think both, like Stephon Diggs and Beasley, both had like seven or eight receptions, but both of them averaged under like eight yards. So I think the Bills are predicated on stretching the field and de- throwing a lot of deep balls, and it, at least in week one, the Steelers took that away from them and everything just looked like underneath passes. So the Steelers defense will carry them this year. I thought that the Cardinals burying the Titans was pretty surprising too. I watched a little bit of that because for some dumb reason, I started two Titans wide receivers today on my fantasy team. (laughs) That was stupid. Um, I, I was really surprised at how good Arizona's defense was. They beat the hell out of the Titans all game long. They got turnovers whenever they needed them. Uh, It was an ugly game for Tennessee. Let's head back to Thursday night. Tampa Bay gets a big win in a good game over Dallas. Are we seeing Zeke Elliott on the field or... Are we seeing the artist formerly known as Zeke Elliott running the ball? I think week one, you're seeing the artist formerly known as. Uh, I know running backs don't have a long shelf life unless they're Frank Gore. Right. But man, <laughs> yeah, he he does not look explosive. He Like his breakout year, he ran the ball a lot. So yep. I, I don't know if that's just catching up with them. But again, the Bucks defense is one of the best NFL as well, with at least with their speed at the linebacker position. But yeah, he just, it, it didn't look all that. He didn't look all that great to me. Phil, what do you think? Yeah, too know, early Zeke. to call it on Zeke? Uh, yeah, definitely too early. There's 16 more of these things. In that game anyway, you thought it would have been a game where the Cowboys would want to feature Zeke to kind of keep the ball out of Brady's hands. And they didn't. And then it just became a shootout between uh, Brady and Prescott. So it was yeah. a bit surprising, but yeah, I guess a little too early to call. I mean, he could he could rattle off a couple 150-yard yard games here. It'll be interesting. I think this is the season we're going to know because he kind of had a down year last year too, and if it happens again, uh, it might be time to say that that guy has, has kind of lost that step that running backs lose and they're not as effective anymore. So let's look ahead till tomorrow night. The Baltimore Ravens are playing Monday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders, and during the week, 
the Ravens lost two key players to ACL injuries in a matter of moments during practice. Should the Ravens stop running the kick him in the knee drill during practices? <laughs> uh, yes. If they're doing that, yes, immediately. <laughs> They lose their number two running back. They had already lost their number one and number three running backs. And so now they are filling the running back room in Baltimore with Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and Devontae Freeman, which is a really dangerous backfield if it's 2015, but it is not. <laughs> Chuck, what do you think this does to the Ravens season? To me, they're... Number one running back has always been Lamar Jackson. I don't care who is their running back. I know J.K. Dobbins had a nice year last year, and Lamar Jackson has always been their best running back. I don't think it scrubs their season. I think it got a lot harder because they lost a cornerback too, didn't they? Yes, mm -hmm. that was yeah, that's the other somebody thing, else. Yeah. Right. So like Marcus uh, Peters, man, I think. Yeah. So when injury bites, it usually keeps on biting, uh, and they didn't even get one snap off in the regular season yet. So I guess I should say the right thing here and be like, you never like to see injuries. <laughs> sucks for you guys. Uh, you know, like, sucks for them. It's all I read were tweets from people. Oh, you hate to see it. Even like Brown's accounts. Like, yeah, I hate to see it. But when we play them, nobody's going to be like, oh, man, I wish they were playing. I wish they weren't hurt. So you don't want to beat the best to be the best Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived by that Ric Flair line for quite some time to be the man. You have to be the man. Uh, but no, uh, I will take any W I can any way I can get it. <laughs> so what do you think? Is the Ravens season on the ropes with these losses? I don't think it's on the It's too early. I, I think that team is that team's really good and really talented in a lot of positions. These hurt for sure. Uh, you know, but we watched a Browns team last year string together one of our best seasons ever and navigating all sorts of injuries, be it the offensive line and the entire defensive side of the ball. I expect the Ravens to continue to be one of the better teams in the AFC unless this injury bug continues. And every time they line up in practice, they're losing two starters. That would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like they lost these guys on back-to-back -back plays at practice. And then the coach just shut practice down. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, of course. Something, is, something yeah, is yeah. in the That's air. Yeah. Everybody's knee is getting ruined. Let's just go. <laughs> let's go have a meeting or something. <laughs> let's talk a little bit of college football. The top ranked teams generally did as expected this past week. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson all rolled. Texas A&M squeaked by Colorado. Oddly, Notre Dame barely beat Toledo, uh, which is something, but they all won, which is not what we could say for the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes playing Oregon in Columbus. The Buckeyes lost 35 to 28. It didn't feel that close during the game. So what was worse, the Ohio State defense or whoever favored Ohio State by 14 and a half points in this game? I think that it's the defense. This is a team, at least on defense, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and maybe if Tom Burke's ever on the podcast again, he can correct me. <laughs> they are void of playmakers defensively for yeah. the first time in a very long time. And it just seemed like, but then again, you're playing a Pac-12, they're in the Pac-12, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Oregon. Uh, you're playing a, a conference that is built on speed and Ohio State has never really been built on speed. You kind of see that when they play teams, but I, I think it's a big defensive issue. Uh, something is not right. And I know uh, at least some really uh, close friends who really love Ohio State were already calling for their defensive coordinator to be fired, but it might be early for that. But yeah, they, they got exposed two weeks in a row, at least from a run defense standpoint. So Phil, if the Buckeyes win out and win the Big Ten, 
can they still make it to the playoff? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I think we'll find out that the loss to Oregon isn't as bad as it feels. That looks like a team that may also kind of run the table here going forward. It, it's a pretty impressive team. The Buckeyes, they put up 600 yards of offense and lost. So that is yeah. 100% yeah. on the defense. Yeah. I mean, has that ever happened before? I have no idea. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> 600 yards of offense. Uh, so if they get their defense figured out and they've got Tulsa next week and then Big Ten, you know, no one should come close big 10 competition yeah. to figure out their defense. They end up this, if they end up the season with one loss and it's to an undefeated or one loss Oregon team in week two, I could easily see the Buckeyes right back in the top four spots. If you're going to lose, you lose early on in mm -hmm. the first three weeks of the season and then just continue to build on your resume and people kind of forget lost early on. So I think Phil's right. Oregon's a, a pretty decent team and they may finish with one loss or no losses. So it, it looks good for, uh, for the end of the year if the Buckeyes went out. Yeah, you can kind of see the story develop that, you know, it was early in the year. They have a freshman quarterback starting, you know, they run through the big 10, they win all those games, they win the big 10 championship. And then you look back and say, well, it was only 35 to 28, even though if you were watching the game this weekend, right. they yep. never looked like they had a chance to do it. So I, I think you're right. I think one loss. And I think the other ranked teams are all going to lose games too, except for maybe Alabama, Alabama probably goes undefeated again. I think they probably have a chance, but man, I don't know about them running the table in the big 10 with that defense. That's the only problem. That's what I think I'd defense. be worried about if I were them, that they need to get that defense figured out because the quarterback is a little bit inconsistent and you can tell he's still trying to figure out, you know, how to play college football because he's only done it like twice, but all the talent <laughs> in the world, man. I mean, a, a yeah. great yeah. arm athletic dude, man. I, I think uh, that guy has a legit superstar potential, but if there's no defense being played, uh, it's not going to matter. So hopefully the Buckeyes get it turned around, but fellas, why don't we close on that note? We'll take our final break and we will come back and head off the field. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by hummus. Snack time can be trouble for any waistline. We all know chips, Cheetos, and cheese are bad choices for any guy looking to keep it tight. But even the most disciplined snackers can get caught in an unhealthy trap when they try to keep it healthy with veggies and dips. Those dips can be high in fat, calories, and cholesterol. That's right. Even your carrot sticks and celery sticks are carrying junk to your gut when dipped in ranch, blue cheese, or delicious queso. That's why we here at Unprofessional and Unprepared are proud to dip our sticks in hummus. Hummus is the low-cal, low-fat, low-good snack topping for the active mid-40s male. Made of equal parts dirt and water, hummus is the perfect dip for any diet. Healthy and high in grit, hummus helps you stay on point and reminds you how much you love plain carrots. You can even get hummus in assorted flavors like garlic dirt, sun-roasted tomato dirt, and spicy dirt. So drop those creamy, delicious dips and get healthy and dirty with hummus. Hummus, it's dirt for your food. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field and we will start on a sad note with the recent passing of actor Michael K. Williams. His cause of death was not announced, but he does have a history of addiction. And so the general theory is, is that he 
accidentally overdosed. Mr. Williams' stat line, best known, of course, for his role as Omar Little on The Wire. He was also a regular on the show Boardwalk Empire after The Wire ended. During his career, he received five primetime Emmy nominations. His television and movie career actually began as a dancer when he was inspired by Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation album. He also choreographed the video for Crystal Waters' 1994 single, 100% Pure Love, which I'm not even bringing up really? as a way of like ruining the playlist. I just thought it was amazing that the dude who played Omar got his yeah. start from Janet Jackson and choreographed for Crystal Waters. Danko, feel free to leave those off the list because they are not intentionally added <laughs> as music. It was just part of... Michael Williams uh, background story. Yeah, because now the playlist is ruined. Now it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer trying to ruin the playlist. I think I've done my job. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> of course, like I said, his best known character was Omar. So I've picked four. You guys tell me which was the best Omar line. Uh, number one, boy, you got me confused with a man who repeats himself, which by the way, is a great line to use on your kids at some point. Uh, number two, man, money ain't got no owners, only spenders. Number three, you come at the king, you best not miss. And number four, man, got to have a code. Phil, what's your favorite Omar line? Yeah. Oh. Man, you got to have a code. <laughs> I rolled right yeah. into that. Uh, <laughs> man, you got to have a code is has got to be it. Uh, I do like the first one, though, because I, I think that's useful for me going forward. But uh, yeah, man, you've got to have a code is it. Chucky, how about you? If you come to King, you best not miss. They're all. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they, they are all good. It seems like he was constantly being hunted on certain seasons of The Wire, and he was never fearful of it. So that's probably my favorite one for me. So you guys were both fans of The Wire, right? Yeah. Huge. So what's your favorite like scene from the show, Phil? All honesty, I'm not actually through the entire series yet. It's another one. I've got a lot going on at the same time. Oh my gosh, Phil. Yeah. You've got a lot of balls in the air right now. I do. A lot of TV. It's really weird when you're when you're balancing like Letter Kenny and, and The Wire, just two different sides. I'm, I'm catching up on, on things like uh, Lost. Don't tell me how it ends. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. But no, I, you know, so I don't know that I could pick a, a favorite episode. It's, this is a series that I, for years, you Gerber kept telling me, you've got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. For a while I was, there was something else, uh, you know, be a game of Thrones or whatever. There was something else that was, that was getting my, my one night a week. <laughs> like, all right, what can I do to, to watch the show? So I started watching it and I don't know if you guys experienced this or not, but I had to rewatch the first couple episodes a bunch. Like I couldn't get into it. Like I just like, ah, all right, I'm sure this is going to get better. But it was one of those things that in that moment, like I'm just not here. I'm just not here. And I had the same feeling in other series too, like Peaky Blinders and stuff like that. I'll power through. So to answer your question, I have no answer. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in the midst of it. <laughs> all right. Chuck, how about you? You got a favorite scene involving him or in general? I would say in general, but uh, I don't know. Most of the best scenes had him in them too. So yeah, well, I'll do them very quickly. How about that? My favorite scene with him is when he, he is in basically an old, uh, well, it, it seemed to be like a old Western standoff with the nation of Islam guy. And Brother Mazon. Guns at each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, and they're just the, the dialogue is phenomenal in that scene with e neither of them showing fear. But my favorite overall scene is in I think it's in the first season where McNulty and his partner are going to relook at a uh, at a crime scene or an at apartment, the apartment. And there's no dialogue other than motherfucker. Yeah, Ooh, I've seen this scene. Yeah, I have seen that scene. Yeah, <laughs> across. 
and just in variations in inflection the way they're saying motherfucker it tells you everything you need to know for about three minutes i thought that that's probably my favorite scene that was one of mine too i i love that scene I could watch that scene a hundred times, man. It, that's really, really good because it's not only the fact that the only dialogue is, you know, like the word fuck or motherfucker. You watch those dudes work and and Bunk and McNulty were such smart dudes that watch them work and that scene was cool. But I think the best scene is when Omar and Brother Mazone Hopefully this isn't a spoiler for you, Phil. Uh, it's going to take me nine <laughs> years to get to this point. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. aired like it aired like seventeen years ago. But um, yeah, yeah. When they when they kill Stringer Bell, that is a fantastic scene. They trap him in like that condo that he's been like building. That's really good stuff. Idris Omar, Elba, son yeah. of a bitch. Yep. Sorry, I'm Phil. out. I'm out. All right. <laughs> I think the most interesting thing about Omar was just like the the different sides of that character for when the show was aired. I mean, this was a guy who's inner city, black vigilante thief poet, who was also gay on a show that came out in 2002. Uh, and I just thought that was such a fascinating part of him that all those things together don't make any sense, but he made it work. W what do you think Chucky about like that type of character on TV in the early 2000s. I think about that, man. We were uh, just out of college when this was happening. Yeah, geez, oh man, that was a while ago. And Obviously, Phil still hasn't seen it. Uh, HBO, can they, they probably do that better than anybody else at that time, right? It's not like you were going to see that on a, on a network. That's true. Kind of groundbreaking, at least from a stereotype uh, where you see a like you're saying a vigilante a killer a murderer but also he had seen sometimes where he was soft and he was effeminate and well not openly gay but gay uh so yeah it was it was a, an interesting dichotomy for 2002 to and even now watching it now if you go back and watch some of it it stands out right it stands out a little i, I agree with that the fact that it was on hbo is probably why it happened and why it was done so well in, in fact the end of his career he played another gay man on lovecraft country which was one of yeah. my favorite shows like and they canceled it but it was a great show it, that's it a, a really good show crazy yeah. show uh but he, yep. he had a great role in that as well maybe it's just another example of where quite honestly the artistic community is just light years ahead of society it's all good man it's 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 fine because all of these things can exist simultaneously right like yeah. how do you have this how do you have this homosexual hard-ass gangbanger oh no no that definitely can occur and probably does it just it's just percentages, right? Like, the, yeah, that's happening right now today. So yeah, I, I think it's amazing that they pulled it off in 2002. But again, I think it's just another example of society is behind reality and somehow the artistic community is, is getting that out there. Well, let's move from fantastic TV to something else. It struck me today as I was watching NFL games, the efforts that the networks are going through to promote their new or new seasons of their fall shows during these NFL games. So I know that these are way too early predictions because none of these episodes have aired yet, but I'd like you guys to tell me whether this show is going to be good or good and terrible. We'll start with a new one on CBS called Ghosts. Samantha and Jay throw caution to the wind when they convert their recently inherited country estate into a bed and breakfast. Not only is the place falling apart, but it's also inhabited by spirits of previous residents whom only Samantha can see and hear. Chuck, ghosts, good or good and terrible? Terrible. I have zero <laughs> interest, and I'm glad I didn't see any of those promos. <laughs> uh, just wait, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phil, what do you think about ghosts? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say terrible, not even good and terrible, because Randy Watson was good and terrible. And, you know, he plays so fine. Don't you agree? Right. Like there is. Uh, yeah, th that just sounds terrible. No interest whatsoever. OK, I'm with you guys on that one. On Fox, they have a show called The Big Leap, which is a drama about characters 
joining a reality TV dance competition. Phil, good or good and terrible or just straight terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it kind of sounds. I remember doing this a year ago. And we went, we went through four shows that were coming on and, and, uh, or maybe it was slightly less than a year ago. I wonder, I'm thinking right now, are any of those shows still on? And I saw, maybe you're going to get to it, the uh, equalizer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna, the, the, the last one you just mentioned, I'm going to say terrible, not even good and terrible. And maybe we should be predicting whether they get a second season or not. I don't know. Yeah, Chucky, right, the big yeah. leap over <laughs> under on seasons one, uh, <laughs> one mid-season replacement so maybe not even a full season maybe they move it to do you know what night it's on maybe they move it to saturday where all shows go to die uh, yeah. i was super confused by the synopsis you gave me because it sounds like an inception thing where it's yeah but it's really a scripted drama about being in a reality competition <laughs> yes it's a scripted drama about okay. that's a better way of saying it it's a scripted <laughs> drama about okay. people in a reality show competition yeah, about yeah. dancing uh, you know what i think the big leap is terrible but I bet you it gets another season because people love reality TV so much. Like, why wouldn't they love watching a show about reality TV? I guess that works for some people. So I think The Big Leap makes it. Fox has nine different versions of NCIS right now on TV, but there's two new ones. NCIS Hawaii and NCIS Las Vegas will premiere this fall. Chuck, good or good and terrible? You know, I assume they're following the law and order blueprint over there. <laughs> they have four, four or five different NCIS and law and order has been in one form or another. And they just introduced a new one last season where they brought the one guy from SVU back who was on Oz. I would say good because obviously it's doing well enough for them that not one, but two more spinoffs, but Hawaii, isn't there Hawaii five Oh, isn't that reboot still in existence? That's on. <laughs> no, I think that one's off now. <laughs> Is it right. Phil? How do you think they're determining where to put new versions of NCIS where they can have the most fun offset? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Genius. Uh, yeah. Right. I think it's a good plan. Uh, it's like Sandler filming all of his movies in <laughs> Hawaii or Europe or something like that. So just bring his buddies with him out to those places. So what do you think, Phil, the new versions of NCIS or the old versions are all of them together. Good good and terrible <laughs> it's it's good I, I think um all those shows like chuck mentioned be it law and order or csi i saw that is getting a reboot and they just well, it's, true, the same, yeah. it, it's the original but they're putting they're putting las vegas after it like okay it's it's, it's half of the original cast yeah pat yeah, garrett's back i think yeah year. right right yeah so i i feel like it's an easy win right like you're going to have viewers just tune in because they've always tuned into every version of NCIS or CSI or Law and Order. I'm going to put it at good. It'll get a second season if that's what we're rating good as. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> it's a very loose set of, of yeah. terms. <laughs> CBS has FBI International. Justice has no borders. <laughs> Honestly. That's the full Who's, title? That's what the, that was like their hook. Justice has no borders. <laughs> Who's watching this? Like, who's, who's watching all of these shows? Like, I understand, like, CSI, NCIS, this FBI thing has multiple versions. Who's watching all this? Have you guys ever watched an episode of one of these shows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Law and Order. I have, like, the Law and Order ones. Right. In past. Right. SVU, right. Like, like, all day stuff on weekends. I've watched some of that, but I've never seen uh, an FBI or an FBI's Most Wanted. Or whatever you're just talking about. With FBI Justice International. No yeah. Oh, yeah. international. You know, Justice no. has no borders. I'm saying good and terrible for the FBI show. But as Phil brought up, one of the things we talked about last year was the fact that network TV definitely didn't have enough action shows starring Queen Latifah. 
And good news, she's apparently been re-upped for a second season. The Equalizer will be back on CBS. Again, I don't know who's watching these shows, uh, but it seems like a lot of money is going into making them. So I assume somebody must be. Moving off of that, let's move, wrap things up with the worst fantasy league ever update. Why don't we start, guys? Tell me a player on your team today that was disappointing. You're not mad. You're just disappointed. In our league, I have no idea. (laughs) 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 I auto-drafted and I also didn't look (laughs) today. Um, Well, you know what? I can can speak to this because I know that I auto-drafted Saquon Barkley and I think he had like four yards rushing (laughs) in, in, in today's game. So let's go with Saquon for me. All right, Chucky, how about you? I'm pretty sure I have have the running back for the Packers and I'm pretty sure he had a terrible game well the entire team has so I'm assuming he had a terrible game today no I haven't <laughs> looked either like Phil so I'm saying he's my biggest disappointment today all right mine was Julio Jones he had three oh. receptions for 29 yards in that debacle against the Cardinals well this, this is going to go well so who gets the extra orange slices for being especially good in your lineup today <laughs> you can look um, at your phone I, if you want I, no no no, <laughs> no. just, just no. today just today, because I, I I'm going to hold out hope that Lamar Jackson rips off about a 40 point fantasy game tomorrow night. Good enough. Good <laughs> enough. Yeah. All right. So Phil's I'm Lamar pretty, Jackson. Chucky, how about you? I'm pretty sure quarterback is Kyler Murray, and he had four or five touchdowns today, yeah. right? Or yeah. three, three and ran for him. I'm going with him. I'm going with Alvin Kamara on my team, even though Mahomes had more points because f- that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck that guy. So looking ahead to next week's games, I want to give you both an opportunity to talk some shit. Denko, you're playing me. Okay. I'm not punting. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you're playing Tursic. What do you what does Tursic need to know about your squad oh, going into next week's game? I've never had anything really bad to say about Matt Tursic. So maybe <laughs> he if he's listening, he won't understand this. If we were to go back in a way back machine. On Sunday, I will not be ordering a Papa John's pizza with him and watching the X-Files after football. So that's the best I could do. We're not watching X-Files on Sunday night. That's some pretty heavy-duty shit talking. All right, real fast, (laughs) fellas. You guys remember when we went to a concert with three girls that didn't really like us that much? I do. It was a great concert. It was. What concert? Which one was it? We went to the Four Four Tops and and the Temptations. Temptations. Where at? It was down. It was Does down. Playhouse like, or somewhere. Yeah. Playhouse. Yeah. 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 Is that the place? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. there were girls there. It didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I'm not, we're gonna Chuck. You and I should not name any names for this. <laughs> it's it's just better that way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the right. people we brought are on the other team now. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I think Both? so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I have no idea. We did what we could. I think the most underrated song by the Temptations is I Can't Get Next to You. Convince mm. me I'm wrong. That's a good I, song. The most under, yeah, it's a great song. Underrated song because most Temptation songs were upbeat. People think of those best hits. Their most underrated song is I Wish It Would Rain. Kind of downtrodden if you're in that kind of mood. Holy cow, Chuck. A little melancholy. I wish it would rain. My next thing I was going to say was that I would also accept I wish it would rain because that is, that is a really underrated song. Phil, you got anything? I do because, and you're going to have to edit this part out because I'm going to look this shit up right now. I have on my playlist, it's not Temptation-like, but Ball of Confusion is an awesome yeah, song. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's not what you would think the temptations were all about. Exactly. Right? I yep. love it. Nice. Right. This is Good really day. pumping up the playlist, man. <laughs> I, I yeah, came, man. I came to the game with some defense for tonight. And I don't even think I have to use it. No, that's man. Nothing but Told good you. shit. Told I love you. it. I'm, I'm a changed man. I've yeah. grown. <laughs> Boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the entire episode without mentioning that Ben Affleck recently protected his girlfriend some lady named Jennifer from an overly aggressive fan with that news about a real life Batman rolling around. I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. For sure. He had like four, he had four ridiculous, ridiculous, Phil, anyway. I hope it's a, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Philip, please. <laughs> well, fine. Um, defense uh, better than, than we all think. Um, Chucky, say that last thing again. Where'd you lose? Me? Steelers <laughs> defense is going to be just as good. Uh, oh yeah. I think the defense, the Steelers defense will carry them this year. Oh, good. Beautiful. Meshing, meshing that together. <laughs> The Steelers <laughs> defense will be really good again. <laughs> Who's the other guy from Ohio State too, right? Wasn't there backup? Well, there two was um, no Gus from the Saints. No, yeah, but I mean last season. Who was their running back? He played for the Saints. Anyway, you can scrub that. Mark part. Ingram. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think uh, at the top of the ncaa men that's a stupid way to start this <clears throat> hold on one sec hey hey man you gotta stop it we're recording dog is up like flapping his ears around and making noise it's just, just chill lay down what you are can't you doing really hear it Yeah, as soon as Sean sent that text, I yeah, put it into the outline. So, yeah, this, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're stupid. Yeah, sweet one, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're on to something, Guru, about maybe not, you know, the best thing, but them lo losing. I don't know if it's a, you know, like a character building thing for the next time they play them. You're probably sure. right. Yeah. There, like it, it applies a little bit more. It will not be right run. the next time. Yeah, right. No. No. <laughs> you know what it does? And, and I don't know. I don't know that this matters in an NFL locker room. I would hope it doesn't. But what this does, though, is they don't go into week two and week three against teams that they should beat with a big head thinking, oh, we're as good as advertised. Look, we just beat the Chiefs. And then they they negate that by dropping some stupid game to the Bears or something. I, I think that happens. I, I man, I think yeah, that I, is I guess, but they're all human. Right? Yeah, that, they're yeah. all human. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I think, you know, they kept showing, um, you know, Mayfield when he when he threw that pick, like how pissed off he was. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's exactly the Baker Mayfield we want. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> you know? think? Because like Romo was saying, oh, he was he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but this guy got his foot right at the end of the play. I think that's bullshit. I think he was trying to make a play and he was trying to make that throw and he just couldn't get because he was moving and he was falling forward. Yeah. He couldn't get enough on it. He was going down before he he drew the ball back. Like he was he actually made a play. 
while going down. So he could have either gone down or just chucked the ball out of bounds. And I think he was, I agree with you, Gerbs. I think he was trying to, I think he was trying, he was to, trying to make something happen, happen yeah. even though he was going down. After, uh, after the game, he did say he's trying to throw it out of bounds, but I'm going to mm-hmm. side with Tony Romo only because it seems like Tony Romo guesses every play correctly. Yeah. Uh, while they're, what they're learning instead of reacting to it, he's kind of telling us what's coming, but um, I don't know. Either way, it was a, it was a shitty way to end the game, but. You know, Reggie Jackson was good and terrible and, you know, he plays so fine. Don't you agree? Right. Like there is uh Apparently, I did forget the lead singer of Sexual Chocolates name, though. It's Randy Watson. Not, I think I said yeah, Reggie you said Jackson. Randy Jackson. Yeah. Or Randy <laughs> Jackson. Jackson. Randy Jackson. Is it either uh, Randy yeah. or Reggie? It's, it's Randy Watson is what it is. I'll say it slowly so you can put it over there, Gerb. Randy. <laughs> Do it. Randy Watson. <laughs> sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. I love sexual chocolate, too. Damn it. No, I, I think you're absolutely right, man. I think Landry was which is just another reason to get so frustrated with the kitchen year because that's yeah. another, it was yeah. a wasted year for, for sure. Baker It's a wasted year for Landry too. You know, if they'd brought in Stefanski, then what the, f- I, we probably I, won six Super Bowls was, by if now. If you were going <laughs> to, if you were, uh, I was thinking about this Amazing. <laughs> in yeah. two years, if you were going to come up with like a Sendejo moment or something along those lines, mine was going to be <clears throat> Stefanski for two reasons. One, that dude's beard is on point, like salt and pepper deal. But yeah, I was watching some of the stuff like just in bits and pieces on Twitter, or whatever, like every press conference or media thing he did this week leading up to the game. Is that dude hogging all the cool Browns gear? Because I've, there's no <laughs> such thing as cool Browns gear. Yeah, right. And he's got it all like you the, hats, every, the sweatshirts, yeah, the yeah. shirts. I'm like, damn it, man. He's got all the good shit. We got to go to like, like third the, party to get anything cool. Did you like the hat that? The, the defensive hat? coordinator was wearing it was like it was the like brown out. and it had the brownie on the it, but it was, out yeah with the so I thought that looks yeah. cool yeah so it's interesting because yeah. uh, uh, one of my buddies from college who has he lives in st louis he doesn't give a shit about the browns he doesn't even like the nfl anymore because his team left but um he actually texted in the middle of the game he's like hey what are the what are the browns coaches wearing on the sideline that that hat looks really cool and he was he came up with a bunch of things like is that a, a um you know a blacked out version like an upside down outline of the state of Michigan or blah, 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 whatever. The f- um, and I was, then I was like, what is he talking about? So I had to look it up. I'm like, Oh yeah, that is cool. And did you guys see in the Steelers game, what their sideline hat was? I love this. It, it's it just looked like a black circle it, with a yellow outline to me, it but it looked I like tell. Oprah Winfrey no. is, is now uh, in charge <laughs> of the Steelers sideline. Oh, That's the best part. This. Yeah. Because, because they're all, all the, all the team's sidelines hats are like a blacked out version of their logo. Say Randy Steelers, Watson again, yeah. Randy Watson, <laughs> sexual chocolate. They play so fine. Don't you agree? Uh, it's so it's a blacked out. It's a blacked out logo with a yellow yeah. exactly like chuck said it's a yellow o <laughs> yeah. around it i'm like what yeah. is mike tomlin wearing like is he in a new oprah winfrey show <laughs> like what is happening here i kind of hope he maybe is. She I, would, I would watch it i would watch it <laughs> oh my God. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?